God has divine appointments for all of us. But even today, some young man, some young woman, God has divinely ordered certain things that he wants to use you to do, but he is only expecting as a little boy to be present, be willing and ready to offer what you have. What has God asked you to give up, hand over or offer to him? Pastor Martin is inside of his continuing sermon series, Divine Appointments, The Little Boy with Lunch. Turn to John chapter 6, verses 5 through 11, and let's listen as Pastor Martin explains. Today we're going to take a look at a character in the story that typically gets lost as the narrative goes forth because naturally Jesus takes center stage after he asks the question, how can we feed all of these people? And Philip responds back and says, we've got a little bit of money with us, but it's not enough to go and buy enough for all of these people. Andrew then comes and says, we found a lad here who has a small lunch, but even that is not enough for all of these people. It's important for us to understand as we talk about divine appointments that God sets up times and opportunities for us to encounter him in a way that we've not encountered him before. Oftentimes he does that by positioning us to exceed his power, have his love revealed to us, either to exalt his name or for us to get a, a better understanding or reveal something, some truth to us. So when we think about the divine, this, this message on divine appointments, it's, it's about being in the right place at the right time. In a recent incident or accident in 2018, a truck driver and his truck plunged into a lake. In distress, he was in great panic. There was a gentleman by the name of Roy and his wife that were driving along the roadway and saw the incident and recognized that the man was in great need. Roy, when interviewed later, our rescuer of this story, he said, I was in the right place at the right time. But as the interviewer interviewed him further, he went on to note that on that day that he, as he happened up on this incident, he was not alone. His wife was also with him. And when his wife saw what took place, here's what she said to Roy. She said, God had a purpose for you, Roy, today. Essentially, she's saying that God set up a divine appointment, Roy, that we would be driving down this road just as that truck would go off into the lake and you would have the wherewithal and the capacity to go in and help rescue this driver. 
The same sentiment can be said of the unnamed boy in our text today. Because when Jesus looks out and sees the multitude and he says, we must feed these people. And the little boy, as Roy, was there in the right place at the right time. But there's something that may have taken place that as the disciples approach the little boy as they're going around and trying to find out how are we going to solve the problem that Jesus said before us to try and feed these people. They may have reached, they've arrived to the young boy and found his lunch and they may have said something along these lines. The master has need of what you have. And I believe that same sentiment is being compelled of us today we sit here, those that are watching, that the master has need of what you have. Because in the case of the boy, his response to their request was to offer what he has for the Lord's purpose. The same today that I believe God is compelling us. The master has need of what you have to offer. But the key in the text is that the boy offers what he has that the master might complete or accomplish his great purpose. So the little boy here, just as the hero of our story, Mr. Roy, he was willing, ready, and he was present for his divine appointment. So I want to begin today with a first point. Because there's an observation that we can make that I believe, as I've already said, I believe that God is compelling all of us here today. That there are some divine appointments that I've scheduled and set up, but I need you to be prepared, ready, expecting, and moving with expectation my first point today is based upon the text we're talking about a little boy. So point one, number one is divine appointments are not generationally biased. That God has divine appointments for all of us, the young and the old alike. That his divine appointments are not relegated to certain generations of people. But even today, some young man, some young woman, God has divinely ordered certain things that he wants to use you to do, but he is only expecting as the little boy to be present, be willing and ready to offer what you have. In verse number eight and nine, if you would draw your attention there. One of the disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there is a lad here. Operative term, lad. There's a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish. Now let's look at that word lad. The word could refer to a 
boy or even a young man. When we look at the New Testament, the Greek word used there is specifically little boy. So we know he was a younger boy, boy on the younger side. Now when we go back and use and look at how that term is translated in the Old Testament. The, 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 the Hebrew word used there is a little more flexible because the Hebrew word looking back at that could be as young as an infant all the way up to adolescence and certainly a young man or a young boy, young and commonly used for a teenager. Now there's, there's some differences of opinion, of opinion on one particular character that's very significant in the Old Testament, that is Isaac. And when, Isaac, when, when, when Abraham is taking Isaac up onto the mountain, Abraham uses the term lad to refer to Isaac. Now, the difference here is that some theologians and some historians have differences of opinion of what, where they, how old he may have been at that time. And they, the range is broad from about 18 to 20, and one even says maybe as much as 33. And in his case, he's making the case that, in a sense, it was representation of Christ, and Christ would essentially be sacrificed. I think that's a bit of a stretch, but at this point, the goal is to establish that there is an understanding that the, that the Hebrew term here is one that we can see that there's some flexibility that is not generationally biased. Now, there's some other texts that we can go, we can gain better insight and understand that this is for a young person as well. Because when we look at Ishmael, Isaac's brother, Ishmael, Isaac's brother is actually Abraham has Ishmael when he's 86 years of age. He has Isaac when he's 100. The mathematicians know that we're at 14, right? But here's something that we understand that, that Ishmael was sent away because of his mocking of Isaac when he was waned, weaned or waned from his mother's nursing. So here's the key. We have him either now I know that it, it varies depending on the mother, depending on the bond, how long, and, and, and maybe she could have, you know, we would assume that when he got to be one, his time was up. But I, having had this experience once uh, in Nicaragua, we were there, and the little boy, cultural differences, little boy walked up. His mother's sitting there in the shop, Brother Friedman. He walked up, lifted up. And he went to work. I didn't know what to do. So do, I, do I still finish the transaction or do you need, to, need a moment? He looked to be about three or four. But we're going to assume that Ishmael, that Isaac was weaned when he was maybe one or possibly two, which then puts Ishmael when he's referred to as lad in Genesis chapter 21, being about 15 or 16. Then there's one other example we have when we hear the word, the term lad used in the Old Testament, that would be Joseph. Joseph, the Joseph of many coat, coat of many colors. Joseph is said of him in Genesis chapter 30, 37, verse two, that he was 17 years old and he's also referred to as a lad. Why am I taking time to explain this? Because 
ultimately when we start talking about divine appointments, we may believe that that's only for the adults, but I want you to understand that God has divine appointments for teenagers, for children, for young adults, and anyone in between because God has a purpose for all of us that he wants to fulfill in us. But that takes me to point number two. A divine appointment or an appointment is a play, a, a, an event or a time for two parties. So God sets these up, but it's for us to be accessible enough that it takes place. So point number two is a divine appointment is being, as Roy said, in the right place at the right time. The young man here, there's three observations we can make for the little boy in our text. There's three observations that we can know that, that we can we can make of this young boy that helps us to understand divine appointment. The first observation is this: he was available. Which means that he, or in other words, he was present where God was or where God is. The question that anyone must ask themselves, are we where God is? Naturally, we're all in different places in our journey and our walk with Christ. But the question is, am I where God is? Because when we see here. In verse number nine, it said, there is a lad here. He could have been out doing something else. Jesus preaching and healing and doing what he's doing. But he could have said, hey, you know, that Jesus is a cool guy. But I've got something else that's more important. But he was available because it says the lad is here. The next observation is that the lad was not just there, just there being. He was there prepared. Because, it, or in other words, he had what God desired to use. Now notice as they're going about looking, there's 5,000 men not counting the women and children. So we could have potentially as many as seven, 8,000, maybe 10,000 people that are there and nobody else has anything. Ain't no chicken bone or, you know, uh, an, another fish. We got two over here, Lord, we got three over there. He, he's there, but he's prepared. He's there because there are certain things that God has given us, gifted us with, that unless we are willing to offer to him, it may seem non-existent. Because it says in verse 9, there's a lad here who has five barley loaves and two fish. So he's present. Or available. He's prepared because he has something to offer. And finally, he's cooperative. Because he could have said it's his. It belongs to him. He, he didn't have to offer it. He didn't have to allow them to use it. He could have said, Mama gave me this, gave this, gave this to me. This is my lunch. If all these grown folks didn't think about lunch, too bad. 
because I got my lunch. But he cooperated because he gives what he has in service to God. Look at verse, look at verse 11a. He says, and Jesus took the loaves when he given thanks. He distributed to them, to the disciples. So he, so he, 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 he gives what he has in service. But here's something I want to point out. And please note this. God is looking for us to just as the boy be available, prepared to do, and cooperate when he says do. Because divine appointments happen because we respond to God when he prompts us. Let me testify. Just this week, we had to stop by the store. And we're going through the store, and you know how it is. You get to wandering through the store, and the basket starts filling up with stuff that you did not come there for. But as we're going through the aisles, I'm counting my mind. I'm thinking, man, we didn't plan on all this. And we get to the checkout line, and there's no one there. The young lady is scanning, but there's no customer standing there. Then a lady emerges from the other aisle. She had gone to get something else. She puts it up there, and something's happening with her card. And as we're standing there, I'm doing the math in my head already about my basket. We feel, my wife and I feel prompted to fix the problem. I inquire, we inquire with the cashier, how much is it? And she tells us. So we tell the lady standing there, we said, we understand, but we want to bless you by covering the cost. She says, no, 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 there's something with my card. It's locked up. I said, no need to explain. We feel prompted by the Lord to be a blessing to you. She says, okay, thank you so much. And we didn't take any, we, we didn't want to stand there and make a big scene of it. But the gentleman behind us overheard us saying that God had prompted us to be a blessing to her. And he says to us, I want to pay your bill. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Because here is the thing. When she got done swiping ours, it was five times more than what the lady in front of us was. So we said, well, hold on. I mean, you didn't even ask the cause. It doesn't matter because what you did I want to be a blessing to you. So, no, uh, 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 so the man who was pushing the cart coming up to the register, doing the, ma the mental math, almost had a little dance in his step walking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you, sir. God bless you. May the Lord God be with you, your family, your children, your grandchildren, your whole family. Why? Because at that moment, we had a divine appointment 
to be in that line and at that moment to respond to God when he said do it. And here's the thing you must understand. God will never ask you to do anything and owe you. If he ever asks you to do something, he has to go above and beyond because he's the one that said the servant, the, the, the borrower is servant to the lender. If you lend God something, he says, I can't be indebted to you. Martins, we can't be, I can't be indebted to you for long. Here's the thing. You bless her and use what I gave you, but I'm going to show you how I work. So we're walking out and I'm explaining to the children. I said, children, did y'all just see God's divine appointment? They just blessed us. He didn't even ask the price. No, we, we asked, you know, we like, because I mean, <laughs> we homeschool, we're a single, single income family. I ain't going to be up to like the ball. I'm like, hey, uh, Lord, what would you have thee to do? <laughs> but we asked the question, not knowing that God already had the answer. So, the key that we see is that there are times where God may say, I need you in a certain place at a certain time, even if others are not. Because I want to hone in on something. There is no mention of a conversation with his family. There's no mention of a mother or father. So the question we have is, was his parents even there? Because certainly if mama packed lunch for him, she would have packed lunch for the whole family. Because oftentimes when it comes to responding to what God wants, we want to find out how, is God telling you to, is, is, is he also speaking to you? about this the key is God says I've got something for you whether anyone else is there or not because it's a divine appointment between two parties you and me that leads us to the third and final point for the day. Not going to be long. I know, it's, I know it's Father's Day. You got chicken bones and rib grease on your mind. You're not, yeah, this is spiritual food, but you're like, yeah, I got some other Father's Day food on my mind. Peach cobblers and that leads me to the third point. God has purposes we know not of. We just stopped in there to be there in that place. But God would have it that we're at that particular place, at that particular time, in that particular moment, to see him reveal this power. Because here's the thing that we see with the little boy. <laughs> the little boy was intentionally there. 
Because when you read, when you go back and read through and you look at some of the other examples of, uh, that, of this story in the other gospels, you find out that these people were intentional about following Jesus. They were intentional because they actually pursued Jesus to the point where they were. And let me just ask this. Is it possible that God is just waiting for some of us to get intentional about the things that he wants us to do? Because when you look at it, this young boy was one of the pursuing, I call them the pursuing multitude. When you go back and you read, you find out that Jesus actually got in a boat and was traveling by boat, but the, but the Bible says that these folks followed him on foot. They're in a boat. The multitude is keeping their eye on Jesus, where he's going, but they're doing that by foot. And here's what happens. Because any time that we become intentional about responding to him he gets intentional about responding to us because Jesus responds to this pursuing crowd this pursuing multitude Matthew says he was moved with compassion and he healed the sick Mark says he was moved with compassion because they were like sheep without a shepherd, and he began to teach them many things. Luke says that he actually began to teach them about the kingdom, the kingdom of God, and he healed those who were in need. They're pursuing him, and they are there in this place at this time, and he's responding to their pursuit. It kind of sounds like what he said, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and all of his righteousness and all of these other things that you worry about, the things you're concerned about, the things that you're trying to do, the, the overtime and the extra things you're trying to do. He said, if you seek me first and my kingdom and my righteousness, then all those things I'll just add to you. You understand that, don't you? He just starts putting stuff on you. Okay, here's how he told it to Moses when he gave him. He says, listen, these blessings will overtake you. I'm in football land. This is, cow this is cowboy land for those that, that are other fans. Just understand it is Dallas. I know you got your team. But when you're watching a football game, the person with the ball, those that are pursuing, they are relentless until they catch up and overtake him. He says, when you pursue me with all you have, the blessings I have for you will pursue you. Well, pastor, I shouldn't do it for that sake. No, because that's not why you do it. You do it as service and gratitude to God. But because he would never ask you for anything and have, you, have himself owing you, he always makes sure his blessings catch you. Because no man will say, hey, God owes me. 
all the stuff I've done. I've been serving the Lord for a long time. He says, yeah, 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 yeah. If you do for me, I go exceeding abundantly above all you ask or think. So here's the reality we have. Not only did Jesus heal the sick among them, not only did he feed their their souls by teaching them, he then went on to miraculously feed them. He's already taught, he's already healing, but then he feeds them. Miraculously. In verse six and verse uh, 10 and 11, here's what it says. Jesus says, make the people sit down. Now there was, this, there was much grass in the place so that the men sat down in number about 5,000 and Jesus took the loaves and when he had given thanks, he distributed to them to the disciples and the disciples to those sitting down. And likewise, he did this with the fish. But this last part of the text is important. As much as they wanted. Not that he blessed them enough, they got a little more, so they said, that, that's, that, that'll get you back home. There's just something for the road on your way back home. He, the Bible says he blessed them with enough. And notice the little boy didn't have a whole lot to offer. But the blessing we have is whatever we put in the master's hand. He's the one that blesses it and increases it and multiplies it. What is he wanting for you, Brother Jerome, you can come. What is he wanting for you? Because here's the last thing that was said. The little boy assumed he had lunch for one, but didn't know that God knew he had dinner for a multitude. That wraps up another awesome word. If you're in need of prayer, counsel, or if we can assist in any way, please don't hesitate to ask. If you would like to join, contact us or receive these and other sermon notes, visit us at amitybc.org. Until next week, be blessed.